Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Hello, brave adventurers, and welcome to episode 111 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind, our weekly podcast covering the news and community of the upcoming MMORPG Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. This week, we're digging into a juicy July newsletter packed with info about the roadmap, funding, and a surprise reveal of Pantheon's death and near-death mechanics. So come along, let's take the scenic route as we navigate the sometimes bumpy but often beautiful road that is following Pantheon. Join me, Desrin, and my prodigious co-host, Theric, as we take the long road in this week's Rewind. All right, man, Theric, this is this is a big week. Like, it's actually, it's a big month. <laughs> yes, right. and surprisingly, we um, we sort of ebb and flow, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we had like two weeks of, of, I would, you know, jokingly say filler episodes. Uh, <laughs> but it kind of feels like VR was just, I don't know, pre- preparing to just throw everything out like all at once, I guess. Um, I think so. I think the universe sort of gives and takes and we had a couple down weeks, but now it's like there's just so much to talk about that. We did an hour and a half last week and who knows how long we'll go today, but whatever (laughs) we do is what we do. (laughs) It is what it is. So um, yeah, I I just love it when there's more to talk about. I love it when there's a bounty of things to go over and all that stuff. Absolutely. And so many different, so many different things this, this week as well. Um, It's quite, it's quite a treat. It was, yeah, very, um, quite a, quite a roller coaster of emotions, if you will, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get to that. But first, I think we need to get to our adventuring party. So, uh, yes. let's, uh, let's start with that. So we've got Ziplocs on the Darkmare Rogue, Sparrow on the Elf Ranger, Bounty Code on the Human Wizard, Screech on the Scar Bard, WikiWoo on the Human Enchanter, Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, Horsesaurus on the Human Warrior, Fury Wrath on the Archive Summoner, Paveho on the Gnome Wizard, and Theldrin on the Darkmer Paladin. Yes, and I'm just going to duck in here for a quick second and interrupt and say, um, you know, give a quick update to our uh, patrons and all our listeners on the scrolling banner that we've had for the last couple of weeks now. I just want to let everybody know it now includes all the recruit level patrons. So if you are uh, pledged at that level on the Patreon campaign, uh, you will see your name on the scrolling banner. It's just, a, you know, basically a way of keeping everything simple and organized, as well as saying a thank you to those recruits. So I wanted to give a quick update, but back to you with the regularly regularly scheduled intro (laughs) well i mean uh as usual thank you everyone for participating in you know any part of the adventuring party um and if you do want to get your name uh either on the scroll and banner or said out loud um we have the options right (laughs) so we've got uh super chats in youtube if you happen to be able to make it for the premiere um, just super chat and uh, we'll mark you down if you've never done it before. We take your race and class uh, preferred for Pantheon and we put it in there. Uh, otherwise, we do have a Patreon if you can't make the um, the weekly premiere. And uh, that's always great, too. Uh, you guys are just like incredible. Like, how, how do you do this every week? I know <laughs> we do this section, right? And and we always say our thank yous, but I, I got to say, like, it's always uh, so meaningful and um, we appreciate it so much. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm never not going to be amazed at the premieres when we come out and there's 40, 50, 60 people exactly. hanging out with us. Uh, I'm never going to not be amazed by that. I don't know how I don't know how it works that way, but it just does. It's never going to get old. Super ever. grateful. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, we've got quite uh, a lot to go over today. So let's roll into that. This week in Visionary Realms News and Notes. All right. So uh, like like that you said, Des, this was a very significant week for Pantheon fans. Um, when the newsletter came out on uh, July 21st into our inboxes, it came with some huge news for the future of Pantheon's development. And this is the big headline of the week is that VR has secured another $2.4 million from private investments. And that puts them now at a total of $5.34 million in uh, capital investment to date. That's on top of their additional crowdfunding efforts. So this is great. I mean, obviously for a company, um, you know, money makes the world go around and and that's no, not different for a game development uh, company. And this is a solid indicator, you know, based on what they've shown, whether that's publicly or even privately to investors that we haven't seen, you know, what they've shown is worthy of investment. So somebody saw this and said, yes, I want to be in on this. I mean, they basically doubled their capital investment, Mm -hmm. uh, or announced it, you know, this week, which is amazing. We know as well that VR's super picky about who they partner with. Um, you know, as the newsletter, like, uh, you know, reminded us, they, they said, quote, you know, they only partner with like-minded individuals who have a passion for Pantheon and share the vision and values that they are creating, end quote. So, you know, I really liked what they said about the investors. And they said, quote, uh, the other thing they said was, the investors who share the same zeal to see Pantheon break into the modern game sphere to bring people together, end quote. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's really hits home and, and it's what we're all here for, I think. They've spoken openly in the past about turning down potential partners who wanted to deviate from that vision. And honestly, that's it's always like resonated with me really loudly um, because so many companies, so many other outfits, and I don't think are as quick to do that yeah um, you know it shows us that vr is not here to you know just make a quick buck they're not here to sell out they're not here to just churn out the next you know whatever mmo that nobody you know everybody plays for a week and forgets about <laughs> they're backing up these these um principles with hard choices yeah so it does feel like a reward for staying on the course right yeah absolutely i mean it's, you say a quick buck and it's like dude no if you look at this project this is the slowest buck you, you're ever gonna <laughs> you're ever gonna make uh so yeah, they're they're definitely not in it for that. That's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I love I love that they're really you know putting their heart on the line and and turning things down, but actually finding people that align with them is always so encouraging. Yeah, it totally is. And you know you, you got to remember that like this is a you know this is takes some bravery. Whoever's investing in this, is, you know, every investment is a risk, but there's always going to be that amount of uh, you know risk management that has to go into making these kinds of decisions. So they obviously are showing something that people are saying, "Yes, I'm willing to invest in your project." Another notable point about this here is how specific they were with the numbers. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't have been unexpected. You know, we've actually heard of it for, you know, a more vague description of this saying there's been a major investment or something like that. And you'll recall back in January, 2021, they announced uh, what they described at that time is a seven figure investment uh, into Pantheon's development. So obviously (laughs) we speculated a lot, you know, what was that number? (laughs) Could have been a million? At least a million. million. (laughs) Yeah. It's at least a million. We knew that, but we didn't know how high it went. I mean, obviously, you know, with the numbers that we were given in this newsletter, we know um, we have better range of what that was, but we still don't really know. And, um, you know, 
uh, it looks like this time we aren't really left with as many questions. Now, there is one question that does remain, having said that. They didn't give us the total amount of money that was raised, that has been raised through crowdfunding. So we don't know that, yeah. um, the total amount behind it. Um, but given the amount of time that they've been at this, you know, it, it has to be a significant amount. I, I don't even, I'm not going to speculate, but I, I would guess, I would hazard to say that, you know, it may be in the, in the, in the range of the investment that they've received. They've received. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, th- the point being that transparency is definitely something I think we can acknowledge here. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, Desrin, you know, what was your, what was your initial reaction when you read the newsletter as you just started reading and you saw those numbers you know, on the page. I mean, first of all, I, I just started reading and was like, oh, wow, they're getting right to it, aren't they? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the producer's letter is just like, all right, right to the point. Um, and yeah, I was actually also very surprised they gave the clear numbers, the clear total. Um, you, you know, it would be one thing. They could have just said the investment amount and that would have been great. That's right. They could have just said seven figures again. That would have been whatever. But, you know, we've gone from vague to like, pretty clear still leaving out that crowdfunding number um it'd be cool to know but i don't know i don't really care honestly um but seeing them double their capital investment almost uh is extremely encouraging especially right after the steve clover announcement like (laughs) it's the one-two punch and you know that's right yeah two really big news items in the course of less than two weeks and um yeah very uh very interesting how that sort of rolled out, how the, the, the sequencing of that rolled out and, um, you know, where it sort of puts the momentum at. I think it puts the momentum pretty, you know, pretty far and, and it gets it going quite well in terms of when you look at these two uh, announcements in tandem. Um, but, you know, we want to know, I think what everybody wants to know really is what does this investment mean for the game's development? You know, like how is it going to tangibly impact the game's development? And we're going to get more details on that. So in the newsletter, they, they announced that on Wednesday, July 27th, uh, Joppa and Chris Rowan, who's the CEO of Visionary Realms, are going to join Co-Carnage on his Twitch channel at 11 a.m. Pacific. That's on Wednesday, July 27th. Uh, unfortunately, that means for me, I'll be working at the time, oh. but uh, maybe feeling, feeling a little cold coming on. Maybe you have to take a sick day. I don't know. Or just up the data plan or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But in any event, um, they're going to be talking about what the investment means. They're going to review the state of the game and they're going to highlight some stuff from recent dev streams. They also said there's going to be a Q&A, which uh, they're going to take questions from a forum on the official Pantheon website. So if you want to get in there and ask a question of VR's CEO and Pantheon's creative director, this is a prime opportunity to do that. So it's kind of an interesting, um, kind of an interesting format for this. And I'll, I'll ask you, Des. You know, we, we speculated on what this mystery developers roundtable was going to be, and now it's been revealed. What do you, what do you think of bringing Cohen for a chat like this? <laughs> well, I mean, first off, I can't avoid having to say like I was wrong. Um, I really did think <laughs> it was going to be an interview with uh, Steve Clover, um, you know, not thinking that they could have two big announcements in <laughs> in one month, I guess. Um, That's a good thing to be wrong about, though. I mean, if you had to be wrong about something, you know, the wrong big announcement being the focus is OK. That's true. That's true. That's a good good way to look at it. But yeah, this announcement was it was such a curveball. Uh, just I, I was so unexpected. And as far as the chat with Co. Um, First of all, I, I do think it's just going to be mainly like, you know, Co's audience getting caught up uh, on, on what's going on. Uh, since that last stream that we had with Co was like actually quite a while ago now. 
Yeah. And, uh, it's a while ago. Yep. But yeah, all that to say, I don't expect anything like really huge or new, um, but I'm sure it's going to be a great stream. Um, and especially for those that like kind of want a nice summary of what's been going on and uh, progress that's been made, uh, just not a gameplay stream like we've had in the past yet, but I do uh, really appreciate the, the, Oh, the format of, Hey, here's some big news. And then shortly afterwards, we're doing like a Q&A or answering questions in some way, you know, even if it's not directly, but kind of a press conference kind of a thing. I, I yeah. think that's a great format for anything, any kind of announcement, honestly. So I hope they like keep doing this kind of thing, you know, reveal, then live chat, reveal, live chat. Yeah. Yeah, it, I I would like to see more of that too. I think it's really interesting that they're doing this on CoStream. We're so accustomed to seeing Co play, um, play the game, and whenever you hear CoStream, my mind I just go right to, ooh, we get to see something, we get to see something. But we're not gonna. That's not what we're hearing this time, or it's not what we're getting this time. So I'm kind of like curious as to what the format's going to be. Are they going to be just having a discussion? Is this going to be Co coming up with some questions and like asking them some questions? You know, and are they going to have a preset list of things like if we're going to discuss this and he can sort of ask whatever he wants? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, the, the thread um, is up, though, uh, just to be clear, the thread is up for receiving questions. So um, I'm sure they will pick certain questions from that thread. And uh, mm -hmm. and but yeah, you're right. They probably will have co ask a few questions. But I do feel like it's going to be very kind of PR ish, though. I just have that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, maybe um, you said you weren't expecting any surprises. I always keep that little option open in my brain for maybe we'll get a, a surprise announcement or something, um, uh, you know, a bean. I imagine there will at least be a couple beans dropped, if nothing else, <laughs> but maybe some sort of a announcement that, uh, you know, for something in the future that we can get excited about. But we'll have to wait and see. So that's that's exciting. Again, that's next Wednesday, July 27th on Co's Twitch channel, 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Now, the uh, the other piece in the newsletter that I wanted to talk about was um, a new limited time pledge that they're called they call the Scion of Black Rose, which is basically the Black Rose pledge with pre-alpha testing access, and it's at a discounted price. So, um, you know, they confirmed in the newsletter they said the next PA session, the pre-alpha testing session, is going to be this summer. Uh, we've debated on <laughs> what summer means <laughs> a couple episodes yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. but the takeaway from this is that pre-alpha is not anywhere close to being over. Um, it made me laugh, Desmond, because it's almost the exact opposite of what I predicted. I didn't say you, what I predicted a couple <laughs> episodes ago, how this was going to be about them ending PA pledges in preparation for alpha. So <clears throat> it's actually the exact opposite of that. They've, they've opened up a new pre-alpha testing pledge. Um, and I have no problem with being wrong on things like this. In fact, I, I think this probably, you know, is a good thing for them. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I also am, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, disheartened because I thought the reason they needed to, you know, if they were going to close out pre-alpha pledges was because their the time is coming to an, to an end for pre-alpha. That obviously means the opposite. We're not, we're not really getting there and uh, we are not going to get, you know, alpha. I don't think anytime soon. So I don't know, you know, I don't think anybody in their right mind would pay the, the $750 for this pledge if testing access is only going to be relevant for like six months at the most, right? I, and I don't think VR is, I think VR is, has more, um, you know, uh, more of an ethical stance than that. They wouldn't do something like that. Uh, they didn't say how long this pledge is available for. They did say it's limited time, but 
I mean, I don't know. If they only offer one pre-alpha testing session with this pledge, to me, that that doesn't quite oh, add yeah, up. Yeah. So, you know, bottom line, end of the day, we've predicted this. We've talked about this. You've been on one side. I've been the other. I don't think we're getting alpha in 2022. So I'm changing my stance on this. I was wrong, Des. You were right. What do, <laughs> what do I owe you? <laughs> what do I owe you? Uh, I, I think I'll just, like, cash in on some ranger heel at just some point in the distance future. Like, uh, oh, like wow. you know, it, well, <laughs> that, if, that if is, rangers have one. but uh, That yeah. is a price that I can pay. That is yeah. not asking a lot because ranger heels are not worth much. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll throw, I'll buy you a beer on top of that. <laughs> all right. All right. So, sounds good. But I think you do, you do bring <laughs> up a, a good point. I mean, I, I don't think they would do this just for a single PA. So, um, yeah. but it, it, I think they, they knew that a lot of people base their pledge purchase on access, not really mm-hmm. the other stuff, um, yeah. usually. And so it, it totally makes sense for them to do this. And I think it's actually something that the, the community I've seen has encouraged them to do is just, hey, yep. do a stripped down package with PA access. And yeah, they finally did it. So, yeah, because that is really that is what people want. I mean, that's that's what that's the selling point of these things. And, you know, it's um, compared to what it's cost for the PA, the PA level pledge up to this point. I mean, you're getting you're getting a pretty deep discount on this. So. Um, yeah, it's still a lot of money for sure. And, and oh, everybody yeah. <laughs> makes their own choices. But having said that, you know, um, it's, uh, it's also an investment. It's remember, we're not, you're not buying in the game. You're investing much like the other folks, uh, you know, the major investment they got. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, this, the eternal question remains, you know, and this is something I'm sure I'll talk about next week with Co. but how much longer are we looking at until, you know, alpha beta launch, you know, does this investment change anything? Um, you know, in the past, one of the things Ben Dean has talked about has been their runway is the term he's used for development. He said, you know, they, he's always said that they have these internal launch or these internal timelines, whether it's launch, alpha, beta, whatever, and additional funding just gives them more runway to work with. Right. So it's never been said that it moves the date. It only gives them a better path. And I always kind of like that analogy because, you know, if you don't have enough runway, you, you may still be able to take off, but it's going to be a bumpy road, right? Or you may just crash and burn and nobody wants to see that. So with that in mind, you know, to me, this means those internal timelines haven't changed, but now have a smoother approach to get to them. Hmm. But on the other hand, I do have a, I do have an all, you know, the other side of the coin, I think this cuts both ways because I'm kind of starting to question if their internal dates are, are set in stone <laughs> because <laughs> I don't, I don't know. They, the whole alpha in 2022 thing, the reason I was uh, believing that was, you know, I believe that there was a realistic chance that they'd get there. And, you know, we, we had our talks about it, but I don't know if there's, if their abilities to achieve that goal were an overestimation perhaps, because I'm you clearly, you look at the roadmap, which we'll talk about a bit in a bit here. There's still a lot of stuff left on there. So did they overestimate their abilities to accomplish that? Maybe. And are we going to keep seeing that again? I think that's a very real concern, you know. Hmm. And I I say it again. I've said it before. In 2021, you know, their CEO said they were pushing hard for alpha that year. And then in 2020, uh, December of 2021, you know, Joppa said 2022, 2022 is the year of imminence. You know, that's the word. And, and that's a word that's going to, I think, you know, linger around the community a little bit here for a while. Um, if there was any belief that he wasn't referring to alpha, I think that's kind of delusional. Um, it's, it, it could have been a slip of the tongue, but then again, he's also referred to it recently in, in past dev streams. So I'm not sure if he was referring to something else. Maybe it was the big funding announcement. Maybe it was 
major t- team growth that we have seen and we have applauded, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe that was what he was referring to. It, more maybe it's something else. I don't know. I think we can get into a bit of a shell game here if that's the case. But I mean, I'm I'm certainly willing to say I interpreted imminence wrong. Unfortunately, I think the takeaway is, you know, now we kind of maybe have to really take things with a little bit more of a grain of salt. And then speaking for me personally, I know you've been better at that than I am. I am definitely, like I said, admitted to being <laughs> you know, willing to believe in things that maybe not are there, but that's me. But, you know, so I'm going to live and learn a little bit and say, okay, when they, unless they say it, it's not exactly, there's no, uh, you should temper your expectations a little more than I have. So I have some concerns, Des, obviously. How are you feeling about things overall here? I mean, uh... It's a great, great that you have that perspective, man. I just have to say, uh, I like that uh, people are optimistic in this community. You know, um, it's not my general like way of things. You know, there's a reason <laughs> I've got the nickname uh, lately. But uh, yeah, that's... but no, I do really appreciate <laughs> the optimism, um, and I I don't want it to go away. Um, first of all. But, um, yeah, well, if it, if it, if it was going to have gone away, it would have gone away already. So don't worry <laughs> about right, that. Right, right. I'll, I'll be forever the optimist, at least, you know, for the most part. And, um, yeah. Well, I, I think I, I can only like give a, a personal opinion on like the whole broad subject. Um, but, you know, from my own experience and my own research and also, you know, quite a bit of secondhand, uh, info from, uh, people that I interact with in the games industry, uh, particularly in the small studio side. Um, but I, I would imagine that they do have internal goals, uh, you know, as in dates that they're attempting to hit. Um, and, you know, like any other company, probably they have various targeted sprints um, toward these milestones. But being able uh, or being that this is both like crowdfunded and investor funded, uh, their future isn't exactly certain, and that what that means for the development timeline is also uncertain. Uh, I do believe that they are internally ambitious, but with a certain amount of flexibility, um, because you know their income is flexible, <laughs> and so they have yeah, to be flexible in right. production. Um, yeah, there's a lot of variables, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's the, yeah, that's an understatement of the century. Like it's <laughs> for MMO, man, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, speak, speaking of though, uh, they do have a production team, um, and you know that's Chris Rowan, uh, executive producer; Ben Dean, project producer; Joppa, uh, creative programming um, producer; and and Tehome uh, being the production manager. And so they're they're in charge of these timelines and goals, and and doing what needs to be done to make them happen. Uh, they coordinate the teams and you know lay out the trajectory. And, but as with any kind of management. <laughs> um, all sorts of things can come up um, and, you know, from forces that you can't control or things that you did, you know, not as optimally as you would have liked to in hindsight, but, you know, things have to adjust. And I do believe that, you know, to some degree that they had this goal and intention of getting to alpha in 2022 uh, at some point point. <laughs> um, and their internal milestones uh, and timelines probably did reflect that. But as the year went on, I think it's going to be pretty obvious that the goalpost uh, is going to have to be moved a little bit. And and frankly, I mean, it, it happens, man. I'm like, I'm not mad about it. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a little sad, of course. Like, right? Like, I'll, yeah. I think anyone, you know, wanted alpha as soon as possible, um, including VR. Um, 
But also, you know, while I know it's not as fun, uh, you know, I've been saying <laughs> don't expect alpha in, in 2022. And this is why stuff happens, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. but it's OK to be disappointed, uh, to be clear. Uh, just, you know, keep in mind, I'm sure VR is also disappointed. Um, but having said that, uh, there's been some really huge stuff this year, especially this month, um, that I think it does give hope for a, another goalpost, but probably one that doesn't have to move too far. Um, so personally, uh, I may as well throw my vague prediction out there, <laughs> you know, to put myself on the line a little bit, but, uh, to, to get an idea of where the the not as optimist person stands, I'm still rooting for probably late spring 2023-ish with, you know, the info that we have. So we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, that, that um, we all sort of, in, you know, deal with the the news differently. And, and like I said in the intro, you know, it's been that roller coaster ups and downs. I, I was, I was more disappointed. And then I, you know, reflected a little bit and I sort of came to understand a little more. I like what you said about them being internally ambitious. I think that's a good way of putting it. And, and when you are as ambitious as they are, I think, um, I think that not meeting those goals can be just as disappointing for them as it is for us. Right. So it's not like, you know, it's not a flippant approach to it where they're like, whatever, they'll be around. We can go as long as we want. Like nobody there thinks that I've never heard that attitude from anybody yeah, there. Yeah you know, either implicitly or explicitly stated or even implied, they take these things very seriously. And at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a lot riding on this. Like they, they say it all the time, but there's a lot. It's not just our, you know, approval or disappointment. There's like careers and, and we're talking about millions and millions of dollars, as we said in the intro, there's a lot riding on this. So keep the perspective in mind when you're, when we think about, you know, uh, how we're, if we're going to pass judgment too harshly on this kind of a situation, uh, I try to, you know, I, I try to remember that it's way bigger than you or I, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so any, any, any last words before we, um, before we move on here, Des? Ooh. Um, I, I would feel remiss if we didn't at least touch on the roadmap being that this, you know, it's a big part right. of the newsletter, yeah. right? So, uh, let's, let's hit these notes real quick. So first off, first implementation of the near death mechanic and, and, I shouldn't linger here because we're going to be getting into that a lot later in the episode. Um, but, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, but yeah, and those are uh, the bank system as well as the death, uh, near death system, uh, fruits of Steve Clover's labor already. Um, and so uh, next thing though, uh, updating the level 10 to 20 experience for dire Lord, enchanter, monk, rogue, shaman, and wizard. Uh, Besides just, you know, the good news, getting those classes kind of up to par with what we've heard and seen with the monk. Um, I have to say, I note the absence of the cleric, the paladin, and the warrior. Um, yeah. Yeah. I noted that too. Uh, especially the cleric, because the cleric, I mean, that was touted quite a while ago. So yep. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, me neither. I mean, maybe something must have come up or or maybe we'll see it in the next update. Yeah, <laughs> who's to say? Maybe what is co what is co-play? What is he like? <laughs> Maybe we'll see. What that. does co-play? I don't know. I don't know. He plays everything. I think. I think we saw him play the warrior. Uh, he, yeah, the warrior one's the one I always remember because I thought it was really cool. But anyway, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, oh, dude, I cannot believe you didn't mention this. the The core vinyl integration is officially complete. Yes, yes. and it's on the roadmap. Good. It's real now. It's. <laughs> 
We don't have to it's speculate. It's done. We have, <laughs> we have it on paper. It is done. Thank God. Yeah. And we would definitely would be remiss not to acknowledge that since we mentioned it last week yep. <laughs> as being one of our one of our finger crossed concerns but uh, <laughs> yeah no they they did say that so that's awesome yep and and they have that kind of list of the uh the post core integration stuff that uh is on the on the line now and so i'm sure we'll see those checked off uh as we go but um also i mean there's just a, i can't go into specifics on all this but there's a ton of updates in the art section um, like you would expect, right? <laughs> it's all these new people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm sure that we're going to be seeing a lot more even than what we see today as all these new hires get settled in. But the thing that stood out to me was all the swimming stuff. Um, the dark mer, yeah. like they get their own <laughs> specific swimming animation. Yeah, that was weird to me too. I mean, it, so for if you don't know, if you haven't been following a long time, back in the early, early days, the there was talk that the Darkmer would have two forms, like a land form and a water form, where they were like, <laughs> you know, their character model was somehow different. I think they've they've sort of scrapped that a while ago. Uh, so, but this is interesting that it's somehow it's somehow like a bespoke animation, yes. or something like that. Like it's, it's and um, and there's a, like we say all the time, there's a lot of Darkmer fans cropping up out here, <laughs> and people love the Darkmer and. That means that, you know, the rigor that they've talked about has been obviously at work. You know, maybe this has their, been their focus and that new animation rigor that they hired. Yeah, so yeah. that's exciting. It is. It is really exciting. And I just love that it's it's such a nice detail. Um, ass- assuming that when they say Darkmoor animation, they do mean it's a specific Darkmoor. You know, uh, if it was for everyone, I would assume they would say that. Um, but yeah. yeah, little details already popping up um, uh, as well as underwater mining. You know, they just throwing that in there got the (laughs) new casting animations as well i'm actually really excited Mm -hmm. about that um yeah yeah. there's lots of little details lots of little things to read i mean i think the 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 road to alpha the the roadmap got maybe overshadowed a little this a little bit this week with the big news but there was quite a few little details in there that are all pieces of the puzzle right it's all little pieces of the puzzle fitting in and, and getting to where we want it to be. Yep. And, and every month, you know, more things checked off um, and we'll, we're seeing progress, but um, I, okay. Yeah. Be- before we kind of move on, uh, got to mention the interview with Pada. Uh, I'm not even sure if she watches the rewind, but uh, if you don't know Pada, um, she is an amazing 73 year old English grandma gamer, uh, soon to be great grandma. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I don't know. I, I was just so happy to see they did an interview with her because she is so cool. She plays uh, EQ two or, or did play EQ two on Barsoon with us, and like I, she she always just sends me materials and stuff. She's like, oh, I don't need these. <laughs> she's, just, she's so nice. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Everybody, you know, all all demographics, all people, all age groups, everybody. You know, that's what it's about. Yeah, man. Well, before this kind of turns into another <laughs> episode like last week, maybe we should uh, move on to the notes, man. Yeah, we definitely should. So let's uh, take a quick peek at the Pantheon Plus calendar, content calendar for the week of July 25th through to the 31st. Uh, uh, tomorrow, you're listening to this on Sunday, it's the last call for the Naked Gnome Run. Uh, Drac and uh, myself and uh, some other folks are going to be doing that event. There's a video up on the uh, on our YouTube channel where Drac sort of gives you a breakdown of how to participate in this thing. And he also announced, which you'll see on the screen now, with a uh, uh, special guest uh, 
<laughs> Naked Gnome, Sweet D Willie, and I don't know them, but <laughs> Drac knows them. He's a tw- he's a streamer of some sort, so that'll be fun. I'll get to meet him and or her and uh, hang out. So uh, then on Tuesday we have a cool uh, fan fiction article from our friend Ben and I going up on Pantheon Plus. That is the next chapter in his ongoing story of Amonsol. And uh, then Tuesday night is our last play session of MMOs 101 where we're playing EverQuest. Um, so it's our last night and we're going to be, I'm not, I can't remember which dungeon we're doing, but we're doing a new dungeon. And then uh, we're going to be uh, wrapping that uh, EverQuest up that night and then moving on to grading the next I week. was about to say, also, uh, aren't you guys going to be kind of given another uh, overview, a look back on uh, on some games? Uh, yeah. I th- yeah. That's right. That was brought up today in the Discord. And we're, what we're going to do on this stream is sort of look at the huge number of games we've actually played on stream for MMOs 101, which is a crazy number. It's like 16 or something like that. And we're going to be taking one or two things from each game and sort of saying, you know, this was something that they I liked and this is something I didn't like. So just sort of an, a, an overview of all the games we've played and taking the parts we liked and what we did in a part and sort of saying it out loud. So that'll be kind of oh, fun. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday... Uh, I'm going to be putting up the Tales from the Fire audio that you've been hearing as part of the Rewind here. We're going to be wrapping that tale up at the end of the show today. And then I'm going to put it all together and put it up on uh, YouTube for in a video form with some, you know, some images to go along with it, much as I did with the bait when we did that here on the show. So that'll be up Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock, on our, 9 o'clock Eastern on our YouTube channel. And of course, Wednesday is the also the Twitch uh, show with Co-Carnage that we talked about. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, 8.30 um, on Thursday, 8.30 in the evening, Sparrow is streaming some classic WoW on her Twitch channel. Uh, And then on Friday, Redbeard, Flynn, our buddy, has a recap of the month for Pantheon's development going up on his YouTube channel. And then last but not least, on Saturday, Drac is doing a special Would You Rather EQ version (laughs) video (laughs) going up on our YouTube channel. I uh, am looking forward to hearing what those guys have to say about... uh, (laughs) <laughs> their EverQuest version <laughs> of that game. <laughs> and lastly, Nathan is doing Cringe Pony TV. I think he's up to episode seven, I want to say. That's Saturday night at 11 o'clock. Uh, 11 o'clock Central Time, Midnight Eastern Time. So that's the week there. And uh, I will leave it there for this week's VR News and Notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion is all about. All right, so uh, we're kind of we're gonna do a little bit of cheating here. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be grabbing a thread from the forums called "On Penalty of Death" uh, newsletter, July 2022, from our guy Donler, uh, who posted this on the official forums. Uh, but since we didn't talk about the whole near death experience article from the newsletter uh, previously, uh, we're gonna hit kind of two birds with one stone here. Um, well, I mean, I, sh- I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't use that turn of phrase. You know, we got Sparrow and, and Crow <laughs> uh, probably listening. So, you know, not you guys, We're, not you guys. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't, we don't throw stones at that's birds right, generally. That's right. Well, or at least other, other birds, maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Donner posed this idea that, that maybe some of the mechanics of the newly revealed near-death experience might hurt the game. And... So to start, I, I really, really wanted to go through that article and break it down the best that I can, just so everyone can get a really good gist of how the system works. Um, so this is going to be a big descriptor of uh, Desrin uh, trying to sum everything up for everyone, uh, including my co-host, I guess. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, we were talking about this today and I'm like, look, Desmond, I read the thing, but I'm going to need you to explain this to me because it didn't sink in. So I'm listening as intently as our audience is right now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's, let's get started <laughs> and uh, got to take a deep breath here. All right. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous. This is a lot. Uh, but first of all, when you hit zero HP, that's that's the start. That's the easy start to this. And you hit zero HP, you don't immediately die anymore. So instead, you go into a state called near death. And that's kind of like the purple club or, or closer to like uh, death's door from New World. Or uh, I believe it's just called downed in uh, Guild Wars 2. Now, <laughs> I, I know just like mentioning those two games <laughs> probably like enrages some folks, um, but, but, you know, bear with me, bear with me. I'm just bringing up uh, Guild Wars 2 and uh, New World isn't the end of the world. Uh, so That's right. you hit zero HP, you go into near death state and that makes you prone. And uh, it gives you a small pool of HP that slowly drains. Um, you can crawl. Uh, slowly as you know you're prone on the ground but that actually drains your hp even faster um also when you're near death it puts you at the bottom of the mob's aggro list um although worth noting that does diminish if you go near death multiple times so you can't just get popped up a bunch of times and expect to break aggro every every time sorry drac right it's not it's not an aggro removal yeah sorry drac <laughs> but, <laughs> i love that but uh <laughs> that wasn't in the notes uh by the way but, <laughs> no that was just off the cuff man that but, is awesome that but, is, uh, i love that so so it's really it's not a get out of jail free card but you know you can you can still get damaged by aoes and such you know when you're in near death so um, but again you know you can try to crawl away to a safe place in exchange for a little bit less bleed out time um, so a little bit of control while you're waiting someone to help you out. Now, of, of course, if you're the only one on the aggro list, <laughs> as in you're playing solo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mob's going to finish you off. So, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't go away. It's not going to run away and be like, oh, he's, he's mostly dead. I'm good now and just walk yeah, away. Yeah, so... Uh, That's not happening. Logical next step. How do you get out of near death? Um, it, it's actually, it's pretty simple. Either you get healed enough to put you over zero HP, or, and this is the big one, if you and another player, so both of you, are out of combat, they can revive you from near death, regardless of what class they are, but very slowly. Um, and if more people help, mm. it does go quicker. Um, but my, my impression is that, that this, isn't, this isn't a fast thing. And, and you really have to like watch out for incoming mobs. They even warn about that in the article. So it takes long enough that you could get jumped and damage of any kind will halt the revive process. So it's a bit of a tense right. thing. <laughs> does, does it interrupt or, or halt it? Like it sounds more like an inter interrupt. Sorry. I, I was trying to yeah. use fancy words. So it, it but <laughs> yes, it interrupts uh, the revive process and you have to start again. So, okay. so yeah, so that's near death. Um, and I th kind of think what they're going for here is mainly just trying to not punish tanks for being the most likely to die. Um, but also <laughs> adding this kind of, you know, that feeling of like just barely surviving. Like, you know, if the tank goes down, but the rest of the group really clinches the victory and is it's still able to, you know, get out of it, kill the mob. Uh, instead of that really unfortunate or annoying situation where the healer happens to die... And then the group basically yeah. can't do anything. Um, it's a lost cause at that point. Yeah, 100%. So I think that's kind of one of the things they're addressing with near death. Um, but anyway, so on the other side of this, uh, 
and this was a huge surprise to me. Uh, they got really in depth on not only the near death, but the full death mechanics. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is always a topic of conversation. I mean, it has been literally since this project started. Like one of the top things is the death penalty. Um, and I got to say, man, I think this is more thought out than than people probably expected. Um, so I'm going to try to break this down because there are a few parts. So it, it might get a little confusing, but I, I assure you uh, it, it's it's going to be quite simple uh, once you wrap your head around it. So first, the penalty. When you die, you lose XP. Boom. Pretty straightforward. Uh, and now, surprisingly, this is a big one. This does include the possibility of de-leveling. <laughs> yeah, that was I did read that, and that one hit me when I read it. I'm like, oh, the D-ding, the D-level. Everybody was wondering if that was ever going to, like how far they were going to go with that. And some people really, really wanted it. Some people didn't. Um, but to me, it just makes sense. It, it seems like it would be a unnatural uh, advantage to not have that potential only happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've been playing EverQuest, like I said, for the 101. I've de-leveled twice when I died. <laughs> it's, it's not the end of the world. No, it's no. Good. It's actually, I think it fits into the system really well. And previously I was kind of on the fence, but um, seeing the whole system, I think it does fit really well. Now, the last thing um, with the penalty of dying, you do incur a durability loss on your equipped gear. So that is still a factor. So let's talk about what happens if you release... Uh, and we'll get to reses later, okay? So, first of all, if you release after you die, you return to wherever you were bound to, not the nearest bind point or anything like that, you know, the place you specifically bound to. So, you know, remember to bind. <laughs> remember to mm -hmm. bind. Very important. And Yep, very important. Yep. Um, but anyway, when you release, your, your corpse, which they call a remnants, uh, is left behind. And that contains all of your unequipped gear. So yeah, you, you know, you keep what you're wearing. Um, and uh, they did mention, you know, some special items that they alluded to, like enchantments and stuff like that. But, yeah. but basically you just keep your equipped gear and everything else is left on your remnants. So loot, bags, all that currency. So right. all that stays. Right, right. So this remnants though, it decays over time. So they didn't give a specific time. And, and I'm, I'm sure that'll be a tuning thing, right? But I, I definitely get the feeling um, it's going to be a pretty good amount of time. So, you know, not 30 minutes or something. Um, like my guess would be probably at least a day. But um, yeah. yeah, but you know, it might, it might even be longer. Uh, it, it's hard to say. But, but just keep in mind that your remnants only hangs around for a limited amount of time. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, that remnants can be dragged by players um, with permission. So let's talk about retrieving your remnants uh, since you know that's, that's probably where a good portion of this controversy is gonna arise, so buckle up. Um, but I do really think that this is where VR was really thinking ahead. Um, so you've actually got several options and I'm gonna try to break it down one by one to make it you know digestible. So the first one, you could do a good old fashioned corpse run. Um, or I guess you'd call it a remnants run <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, that's what I was thinking in the previous part. You're just like, everything you've said about remnants, you could just replace with corpse because it really wasn't that yep. different. Yeah. And, and the point I think uh, that I probably won't get too much into here is that they did outline a 
a in-world mechanic of death, uh, which I do think is important, but might have, might have confused people. But yes, your remnants is your corpse. Um, but yes, if you're successful in getting your corpse, uh, not only, of course, you know, gives your loot back, but instead of returning your XP directly, VR's thought of this kind of new thing. Um, they call it a soul memory. Now, you could think of the soul memory as a kind of XP bank. Uh, when you get your remnants back, your corpse, a, a portion of that XP that you had lost goes into this bank, this soul memory. And from then on, whenever you gain XP, you get some additional XP until that bank is all used up. So it's not quite like XP debt, um, especially considering that it, it looks like if you die before you've gained your XP back, you do diminish that soul memory, which means that getting your lost XP back, you know, yeah. won't have that bonus anymore. So I'm thinking you're going to want to be very careful after you've died the first time for sure. Yeah, um, that's right. That's exactly it, right? It's, it's, it, it depends on how that bank functions with subsequent deaths. Right. <laughs> you know? So I think to, to kind of put it into a scenario just to, uh, you know, maybe process it a little easier. I think it's it's kind of like, you know, let's say you get 100 XP from a mob kill. Well, if you have XP in your soul bank, maybe you get 110. Uh, and then, right. you know, uh, you keep going until you run out of that bank. Uh, so it's less like debt, more like a catch-up bonus. But again, it's a catch-up bonus that you can lose. Um, right. So right. remnants runs aren't the only way to get your stuff, though. And this is where I think there's going to be some squabbling. <laughs> uh, so this mechanic reveal has kind of introduced us to a new function on Terminus. Um, or a new faction, I should say. Sorry. And that's called the Eternum. Uh, these folks sound like a, kind of a bunch of remnants seekers um, and purveyors of all things death-related. So, you know, not to get too lore-heavy, but... I do really like that they have those clear reasons of death working and they tie it to a faction, which, you know, has potential implications, right? Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, so this, the, the Eternum, which, you know, group of NPCs, however you want to look at it, um, it opens up two options for you. Should you lose your remnants? As in, you know, you didn't do a corpse run. So on one hand, let's say you died deep in a dungeon the other night and, and there's just no way that you had time to get your remnants and it eventually decayed, um, so it is expired. Well, the Eternum has you covered. It, it, as it happens, they found your remnants and will return it to you with a cost. Yeah. Now, if, if it happens this way, not only do you get your loot, you do get a portion of that XP that you lost to your soul memory. You don't, you don't straight up get it back, but it, you do get it to your soul memory, and it is a portion of it. So... That can help you recover as, you, you know, maybe, you know, your new session a few days later, you're not starting off as bad. Um, but yeah, did you, did you have a question hmm. on that? Yeah, well, it, again, it, so it's going to come down to what does it cost? Um, how much, how much do I have to sacrifice to use that service? Uh, of course. Is it, and, and it's also going to need to be balanced with, like you said earlier, how, what's the timer on the decay? Uh, for your remnants, um, because if it's super short, they're going to need to down. This cost has to go down. The longer the remnants sticks around, um, the higher they can put this cost at, uh, because you've had more of an opportunity to get your stuff back and you haven't done it. Oh yeah, yeah. So if it's you know, 
I, I can see why you say there there's going to be some squabbling about this because it does if if it's if it's trivial and then they they won't do it they won't make it trivial trivial on purpose but if it becomes trivial at any point it it really takes away from um, the challenge and the risk they're very mindful of that we know that so um, I, I I can see I can see how this helps people fear death a little less and fear the loss of their stuff a little less. Maybe, I don't know why they would put the soul bank memory, like get your XP bank as part of this. It seems to me this should be like a stuff mechanic, like an equipment mechanic only so you don't lose your stuff because that's the real, that's the pain, right? The pain that you really want to avoid at all costs. I think they don't want people losing their stuff. Yeah. Um, The XP, I don't know, man. I, I made, I may have left that, separate if i was designing <laughs> well this. and they they very well may you know with plus. testing right um and that's probably yeah. a good segue to the worst case scenario uh because there are two options the eternum gives you uh one is to wait it out and pay a potentially significant cost but you get your stuff and you get a little bit of your xp to your soul memory so you know don't die right after <laughs> it's gonna be even yeah. worse but um <laughs> So this is the second option, though, and I think this is going to shock a lot of people and, you know, immediately think, you know, Pantheon's catering to the filthy casuals, you know, and that death is now meaningless and you know, all that stuff. But but just hold up a bit, OK, because there is this side and this is where I think VR kind of hit the nail on the head. So your other option with the Eternum, let's say if you just died and you just want your remnants back immediately, you're, you know, you just want that e- easy mode, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, they'll get it for you, but not only is it going to cost you extra, but you get absolutely no XP back, not to your soul memory or directly. And if that wasn't enough, there's actually a chance of item loss that comes with this process. So oh, okay. if you did get a shiny piece of loot on your corpse, it, you know, you're just like, oh man, I don't want to really go get that. I'm just going to pay them you potentially are gambling away that shiny thing just so that you can get your corpse back without, you know, as much effort. Although the, it sounds like the cost is going to be, you know, seemingly high. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. the, the option to summon your remnants is a last resort solution, I think. And, and it's only used in probably specific circumstances. And um, I, I do want to note like, Absolutely nowhere in the article does it say that Eternum uh, NPCs are hanging out next to Vine Points. Um, yeah. I think that is a big thing. Factor. Yeah. I, I, it, it, it sounds like you're going to have to seek them are. out. Um, yes. Again, making this more of a specific situation for when people really find themselves in a rut. Um, yeah. So. I, I, the, the random factor on losing a piece of gear troubles me a little bit. Um, because it's, I mean, it seems like a, it seems like that's how you add in the risk, but when it, when the worst case scenario happens and it applies, you're going to hear, you're going to hear endless complaining about RNG and about a bad number. And why does this system exist? I, why, why did I pay for this when I lost the best thing I wanted anyway? that concerns me a little bit yeah i mean that that stings (laughs) that stings yeah it's but it stings but it's stings in a bad way like there's good sting and there's bad sting Mm. i feel like i feel like if i don't put the effort in to get my stuff back go and get it myself and 
I, you know, just take this easy route and then I'm, I lose a piece of my gear anyway, um, because of a RNG. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I'd rather, I'd rather it be an all or nothing proposition where just, you know, make it, make it costly, you know, without the RNG, yeah. like maybe you, maybe I have to choose one piece of gear to, to let go of. And mm. then of course well, people will always carry some junk on it, them. It right? is so worth they, noting. They can just sacrifice it. is it. worth noting that it didn't specifically say that it's random. It just says there's a okay. chance of losing some of the stuff that was on your corpse. So okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Some some way of figuring that out might be a part of the process. And again, all this is going to be subject to testing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but lastly, let's may as well just do the ideal scenario, okay? <laughs> let's say you get a res. Uh, we got to talk about how res works. So first of all. You can only cast a res on an unreleased remnants. So, you know, you've bled out through near death uh, and you're just laying there, right? Um, So let's say you get a res. You know, like, what are the benefits to that? Well, for one, you actually just straight up get a portion of your lost XP back immediately. You don't have to, there's no soul, you know, memory or anything. But the remaining XP that you didn't get back immediately does go into soul, soul memory. So provided that you... Okay. aren't continuously dying and, you know, f- filling up that soul memory or, or uh, losing all of that. Like there, there's basically n- not loss if you get a res. I mean, just the dur- durability right. hit. Um, right. And, and they've said as well that, uh, and this is fairly recently that all the healing classes are going to be sort of on the same footing in terms of resurrection abilities right like they're not going to differentiate too much between the healers when it comes to resing, yeah right? between resing like mechanics uh they did allude to different mm-hmm. reses maybe giving different effects you know but not like oh yeah. this res gives you more xp back um, yeah in terms of xp right, right right exactly but uh but yeah so by far the best solution is to just get a res <laughs> um <laughs> as always yeah i mean it makes sense right but uh so l- let me just kind of Real quick summarize, break it down in order from best to worst. So the best case, be getting a res from a player. Next best would be doing a corpse run, you know, recovering your remnants directly. Then after that, you would just want to either wait for your remnants or, you know, maybe you log out for the night and it expires and you pick it up from an Eternum NPC. But, you know, by far, you know, the worst would be just going straight to the Eternum NPC before the remnants has decayed. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Tier list. I think that's, I think that's an important, important distinction there. Cause I, I thought I heard you say that earlier and I wasn't clear on it, but if, yeah, it, there's a time factor involved that if you hit the Eternum person right away, you pay the heaviest cost. If you don't let the, your court, your remnants or your corpse, whatever decay, then you are definitely penalized. Yes, yeah. And that that's where okay. all like the the most significant portion of penalty is on the easy mode. Um for I sure. But yeah, man. Uh I know that was a lot. <laughs> I just That was awesome, man. That honestly that was extremely um well uh, well laid out by you. So good job. I sitting here talking about it, I learned a lot. Awesome. <laughs> I hope it helps uh you know our listeners as well. Um but I, I, it is a foundational system in Pantheon, and so I, I did really want it to be explained as clearly as I could muster. So make sure we yeah. weren't, you know, uh, not understanding everything before we, you know, get into the details, right? So, yeah, yeah great job, on awesome. That, great job. Well, okay, let's get back to the thread because <laughs> we are here <laughs> now. So, let's see what people said to say. So about let's it. start with that first point from Dollar, which 
uh, it's kind of less mechanical and more about the communication. And and it's funny that we just went through this whole like descriptor. But for for Donler, uh, he found the article to be really overwritten, uh, which made it a lot more complex and you know harder for readers to understand. Um, he quoted <laughs> he quoted a line that calls your remnants yet unfading, decaying. Oh my gosh, I can't even say it. yet unfaded, decaying vestigial forms. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, that's, that's a mouthful. Right. So, so like, let's kind of get that out of the way. Like, do you, do you think the article was overwritten, Derek? Um, n- not anymore. <laughs> I did before we started talking. <laughs> I, I think it, I think obviously it's, um, it's a complicated mechanic because it's a complicated system. Um, and they've, they've set up basically a, f- a four, like the way you laid it out, a four option system that, um, you have to understand why it works the way it does. This is big, though. I mean, you said it too. You know, death in MMOs, death in what Pantheon's looking to be, is going to be one of the real pillars that um, makes it uh, either palatable or not palatable to people. Yeah. So they have to they have to be specific about this. So, I, having read it and gone through it, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I actually do think it was a little bit overwritten for the first big drop. Honestly. Uh, I uh, the first time I read through it, I loved that it they were connecting, you know, a meaning to death, and you know that this is a faction, and it wasn't so mechanical. But I do agree that being that this is such a huge subject, <laughs> uh, like yeah. why is it why is it called a remnants though instead of just corpse? Like I don't understand the purpose of using well, a different word. I my take on it is that. There's something about dying on Terminus that is explained in lore, in world, that <laughs> means that it's not necessarily your body. Um, okay. And so that that's my potential feeling on it. We'll see how that plays out. I would love hmm. to hear, you know, maybe JN's <laughs> description on what this means in lore, but... Uh, but yeah, I think that was the purpose of it is like distinguishing. It's not just a corpse. Everyone will probably call it corpses anyways. Um, yeah, they will. Totally. <laughs> I, I will call it remnants. I'm going to, I'm going to try to stick to that. Um, well, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask JN on the next round table if he, you know, when it's his turn next about this. <laughs> this is, this is lore. This is lore steeped in lore. So I must find Well, out. I do wonder if the revenants uh, that went remnant yeah. have remnants. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it, I totally thought of that too. Exactly. Uh, there must be a connection there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so next, because this is probably the, the meat of the whole thing, right? Uh, Donler seems to kind of believe that VR is saying that, you know, while they want death to sting, they don't want to make death as like, uh, they even say this, an overly steep obstacle. Um, to mean that, you know, they aren't willing, the, or that they're kind of willing to water down the difficulty of the game in order to appeal to a larger player base. So, and, and Donler argues that death should be an overly steep obstacle and that VR should be doubling down on their commitment to make a challenging, unique game, not, you know, yielding to the pressures of people that, you know, maybe never even played an intentionally challenging MMORPG. So that's uh, Donler also kind of gave some thoughts on, you know, each piece of the system, you know, the uh, various parts of near death and and death penalties. But I'll kind of summarize real quick. So, you know, firstly, while hesitant, you know, it looks like he at least feels that the near death portion uh, could totally be balanced and and potentially good. 
However, Donner feels that the Eternum side of things just can't be balanced. Um, that, you know, being able to summon your remnants from an NPC just takes away from player interaction, waters down death penalty. Uh, even go as far as saying that it, it just, it straight up favors people that buy like RMT gold um, and, you know, makes reputation matter less. So. Hmm. Yeah. Strong statement. Yeah. Um, with, with a lot of dependencies um, baked into that, that kind of a statement, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think you can't just go from a purist standpoint. I think they have to come up with some sort of system. I don't know if this is 100% right, but I think it's closer to what they needed to do. You can't just do EverQuest, right? You can't just do straight up corpse runs. Um, there's, there's, there's value in it. And if, you know, for players who care about um, progress and progression and, you know, getting to points in the game where their characters are strong and, and leveled and everything, you're not going to want to utilize the system if you can avoid yeah. it. And, you know, that's the main thing is that it is there for people who maybe don't care about that stuff as much. You know, they just, they just want to keep playing the game, but they don't care about that. But if you care about progression and if you are, you take this game seriously, you're probably going to avoid the system altogether. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and it, it still stands that by far the best option if you die is to get help from a player one way or another, either by getting a res yeah. or by having someone drag your corpse out. Like that's yeah. still king. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, it does really seem like, you know, Donner might be like pretty disappointed with the initial reveal of this mechanic. And I, I do hope that maybe there's just kind of some bit of misunderstanding um, uh, you know, Donler, if you're, if you're listening to the show and heard my description, uh, you know, maybe let us know if, if it helps or if you still have the same stance, but you know, in the end, no matter what, as soon as VR puts out any official information about how any mechanic works, <laughs> there's surely, you know, mm -hmm. going to be people that it just doesn't resonate with and, and that's fine. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And what I would say, I would add to that is that I know Donner listens to the show. He's in chat every week and I really appreciate it. And um, if you have concerns with this system, you know, leave a comment. What would you change about it? What would you do differently? Would you just go, are you just looking for the base EverQuest system with the corpse runs and all that, the way it works there? And this goes for other folks as well as if you're listening and you don't like this system, what would you change about it? How would you do it differently? You know, because it's, a, it's an interesting exercise in trying to, um, you know, make a modern game with an old principles of the old uh, MMO yeah. genre and balance that out and not make it uh, somebody who loses their stuff and loses their dies deep in a dungeon and loses all their stuff, quit the game. Right. Cause you don't want that. And people will, you know, like VR has to, uh, has to acknowledge that reality. Yeah. And I, I do think like I kind of alluded to earlier, the, the person that is going to see the most value out of this is, the person that really wants to play Pantheon hit the bottom of a dungeon one night, had a bad pull, you know, everyone wiped and they, they need to have some kind of accommodation for, you know, maybe next weekend when they want to play with their friends again, that they don't have a, you know, potential, a whole session, just look to look forward to trying to get their corpse, you know? This at least lets them start yeah. later when they have time next on at least a decent foot. Still not as good as working with players, but not as daunting as 
I lost everything. And if I don't go and spend my entire session doing this, I don't, you know, I, I really understand why they're trying something like this. And with some tuning, um, you know, we'll see how it kind of plays out, but I really think it like those, the Eternum side of things, it favors a very specific kind of person that might not be the majority. Uh, and, but those people are probably really going to appreciate that the system exists. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, like at the end of the day, honestly, what it boils down to is, do I care if I die here or not? You know, if I'm deep in a dungeon, do I care whether I die? Because as long as you, as long as you care about that and there's some imposition upon you and there's some difficulty that's created out of you dying, you're still good. Yeah. You know, you're still good. It's when there, it's when there's no cost and the, or the cost is absolutely trivial and there's no reason not to die, you know, other than just the shame, of dying. <laughs> you know, like shame is not enough yeah. of us of a, that passes really to quickly actually too, as we've, as we've seen in other games. Yeah. But. So I just think we have to just be mindful of uh, the spectrum of penalty and spectrum of consequence. Absolutely. Way to put it. Well, one last little question, because I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like, how do you think the whole Eternum system uh, affects like players um, interacting? Like, do you think that's actually going to lead to players interacting less? Well, I think the, I think having the cleric and having, or having a res, um, being the first best option is absolutely the right move. It keeps player interdependency the number one priority, and, and everybody's going to want that. You know, um, I think that I, I think it keeps the player interdependency at the forefront, which I think is what we're going for here, what they want to do. I, it do. This doesn't to me seem like I'm doing this. Um, just because I don't want to talk to somebody. Am I going to use one of these NPCs just because I don't want to, you know, it's too much of a pain in the butt to talk to somebody and ask for a res? No, I'm not going to do that, you know, again. But then some folks might. I, I don't want to say everybody because some folks might. It depends on your level of comfort with in-game communication. It depends on whether, like I said earlier, you're taking progression very seriously. If you really don't care about that kind of stuff, I mean, but would those people ask for a res anyway then? Or would they just quit and be like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't like talking to other people. So you have to ask yourself that question because if that's the case, then you're not losing anything. You know what I, I mean? I mean, absolutely. I think the key here is that if you do care about progression, you do not want to get your corpse summoned because you lose all of the <laughs> XP when you could have not. Or, you know, going off and of... And potentially an item. Oh, and potentially an item if you go for the immediate route. Oh, I... Which you would, yeah. because you're not going to wait for your, you know, remnant to despawn. Right. Uh, but I, I really do think that the cost is, you know, like you said, kind of got to match the uh, desire to talk to players. So as long as yeah. the cost is greater <laughs> than the cost, <laughs> the social cost of like just asking someone for a res, I think we're good. Um but yeah. uh, I, I do think it will technically, if we're being technical, I think it does make a tiny fraction of players will have to interact less. But those tiny amount of players, I'm pretty sure are the folks that either wouldn't interact anyway or that would straight up stop playing. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. That's right. Yep. So, 
So, so I'm okay with it. And plus, I want to find out about the lore about the Eternum NPCs now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Another thing to explore. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved actually. I'll, I'll. What am I doing? Like last week, I was bagging on uh, Vanguard. Now I'm about to praise New World. But I loved in New World, <laughs> like the whole death kind of system was like explained. You know, like and you could see mm-hmm. like creatures respawning, and it was based on the wo- lore of the world. I hope to see something like that explained in Pantheon and you know, we'll see how it goes, but this segment is already uh, (laughs) pretty long, possibly long enough to be its own video. Huh? Um, (laughs) So let me just really (laughs) quick touch on some general responses from the thread, just so I can be like, yeah, we touched on replies. Um, (laughs) uh, On one hand, it seems like a lot of folks are, you know, basically just willing to give it a try you know, with some level of apprehension maybe, but I think that's healthy, you know, something new like this. Uh, it's kind of bits of several other games, some that were more successful than others and, you know, putting that all together, making it into something kind of novel. I don't think I've seen this mm-hmm. full solution present in another game. I did I did think of Guild Wars 2 when I read this the first time because, I, I mean, the the image of my character pathetically reaching up from the <laughs> ground, uh, you know, tr- in a near-death state did definitely make me think of that. And, you know, I, I, it kind of helped me reference um, what they were talking about a little bit because, yeah, that that's basically kind of the scenario there. Although they've added in some cool features. I love the crawling thing. Yeah. I think that's neat. Yeah, I, I, and they specifically mentioned, you know, want to get out of AoEs, you know, so like... Yeah, like a, just a pathetic, you know, let's say Drac is crawling, you know, across the <laughs> floor of the dungeon slowly. And we're all just sort of like watching him crawl and, and having a laugh, you know, while he's trying to get out of an AOE range and then boom. Splat. You know, Mob runs happened. over to that corner of the room, <laughs> finishes the job. Yeah. Uh, no more no Drac. No more Drac. Oh, man. We're so mean. <laughs> uh, I know. But yeah. So uh, other takes. Um, I think one of my favorite takes that I could pull from here. Um, is that uh, some folks think this actually encourages group play even more um, versus solo play. Since, you know, when you're near death, uh, it kind of gives that clear advantage to someone playing with others because the your solo yeah, is going to finish you off. <laughs> that's a really smart point. I like that. I yeah. Um, I think a, a lot of people are kind of just celebrating that level loss is confirmed too. I'll admit. <laughs> Understand that. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's some that resonate with Donler. They, you know, found that the article either, you know, wasn't particularly easy to read or or that, um, you know, the solution wasn't really what they were hoping for. But in, in the end, I'm pretty happily surprised that VR, they came out, they did this full mechanic breakdown. Maybe it's not perfect, but, you know, I, I think most of what I've seen, uh, feedback from the community has been really optimistic about how well this is going to play out in the game. So, you know, feel free to check out that thread, toss your responses in there, leave comments as well uh, on, on this video if you'd like. Um, you know, we as always, we leave, leave all the links in the show notes too, but I guess uh, <laughs> thanks for bearing with us for <laughs> for this week's extended community discussion. The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's Community Spotlight. Okay. Wow, time. 
right. <laughs> we've got, we've got a lot in this community spotlight too. So, you know, we're making up for two weeks in a way. Um, so you might expect like, we've got a good thing to talk about. It's always a good problem yeah, to have, right? <laughs> It is a good problem. Though. But right off the bat, and, and this is really fun, man. So Sir Medieval <laughs> put out not one, but two Pantheon videos over the last kind of week-ish. Week um, that first one, basic summary of kind of what it what is currently known about Keepers, uh, what it means to be a Keeper, um, which, you know, while we could, we could probably pick out a few possible inaccuracies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a couple. I There was a, definitely a couple. One that uh, he talked about there being mentors in the world for perception. And I, I don't think VR's talked yeah. about that. And, uh, but yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I sent a message as well to him, uh, welcoming him to the, you know, the world, the wonderful world of Pantheon's lore. You know? Oh so yeah. I was like, Hey, you're going to love it, man. I, I really dig that. He's a good. And just it. speaking of, um, I'll actually, I, I got to shout out that video. Cause e even though there are those little inaccuracies, right. Being like a five minute video, I was actually really impressed by how much he could squeeze, you know, in, into a good, because um, you know maybe yeah. a lot of his audience doesn't know um and so that was excellent but so this is the one that really excites me though uh it sounds like it excites you too but um coming yeah. off the heels of that perception and keeper video he put out a lore video like actual lore video um yeah like baselines yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i i kind of had this feeling that sir medieval would be absolutely you know thrilled with pantheon's lore and i i think my hunch was right because like he's he's not even just tapping on it. He's like diving in and and it, to be completely honest though, like that first video, it, it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a little, it's a little, but again, you know, the Pantheon's lore is is can be tough to sort yeah. of decipher, and um, for somebody just starting to get get into it, I think it's a. Uh, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but it was um, it was entertaining. I Absolutely, and he, I mean, he touched on all sorts of things. Um, but I think he's really going to like get some footing in that. It looks like he's already kind of setting up to make, you know, several more videos already, right? Lore videos specifically. Yeah. And it just reminds me. I'd love to. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I'd, I'd love to collaborate oh, with him at yeah. some point and, you know, we could, we could work on something together. I think that would be really fun. And, and I, I actually reached out to him and, and again proposed, you know, like that would be fun to do at some point. And he got back to me and he was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. You know, when, when my schedule permits, we can definitely do that. And it's awesome. So I'm looking forward yeah, to that. That'd be super fun. Um, and I, I'm so glad he's into it. It reminds me of when he was covering new world. Uh, he got super into the, you know, relatively shallow, um, lore of new world. Uh, and I was like, dude, if he sees Pantheon, he's gonna, go crazy and sure enough he has and i gotta note this um the reception has been really good uh i mean both of those videos have uh, i mean about eight thousand views each like that's that's getting close to like official vr numbers <laughs> like <laughs> yeah crazy yeah he's got a he's got a big channel it's nice nice to see pantheon getting that kind yeah. of and, and the comments are like generally positive too i've noticed uh it it's just really encouraging. I'm I'm really glad of all the creators that I know of. You know, he's he's checking it out. But anyway, I'm kind of fanboying a little bit here. But uh, <laughs> maybe we should get to someone else. So this is a really interesting one. So Renfail, who you know you guys might know from all the the D and D collaborations with a few of our P plus folks like Sparrow and Bounty Code and and Nathan. Uh, Renfield kind of 
used to be involved uh, pretty early on in the in the Kickstarter, but he hasn't really been part of Pantheon since. And just like a few days ago, he put out his first Pantheon video um, because it, it's interesting. So this whole Steve Clover thing really seems to have got his attention. So, you know, if you want to hear his thoughts on why he's kind of suddenly attentive to Pantheon, you should go check it out. And the hilarious thing, though, is that right after he made that video, a newsletter dropped and that led him to make another video. So, so not only was this Renvale's first video, he also put out his second, um, and that one's about the, uh, the investment. And so, yeah, um, from no videos to two videos. <laughs> well, I think it's just a good example of what big investment news brings. You know, people, people will definitely start paying attention when uh, they feel like there's some serious money getting put towards a, a project, yep. right? So don't, don't be surprised to see more of this. Absolutely. Um, and it is exciting. Um, and of course, got to shout out Mr. The Nathan Napalm uh, putting out a video summary of the newsletter, um, pretty much tackling the whole thing. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Get your blood pumping, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but also got to shout out his last video too because we missed it last week and that was a video summarizing the dev stream. Um, so, yes. and, uh, lastly, good buddy, Nathan, uh, we've yeah. got Basgram. Basgram's got a Baz flash on Steve Clover and the investment announcement. And, uh, in case you missed it and you want to hang out, uh, you know, in a belated sense um, to Basgram's watch party that he did during the dev stream, uh, last week, um, that's up as well. So, whew, what a show, man. <laughs> I think it's time to chill yeah. out and, uh, dig deep into the lore so that's gonna be it for this week's community spotlight sit back and relax it's time for the lore you know all right so the first tale from the fire shares its dying embers with us today as we wrap up Thalen Greyborn's adventure in the dead storm valley last week she met the host of the valley it's a creature of swirling black vapors that spoke to her they had a somewhat cryptic conversation. Um, there was a suggestion of a debt that was owed and a price to be paid or a thing sought that Thalen could not provide. The host attempted to manipulate her emotions through appearing as someone she once knew. But in the end, Thalen was reminded that the races of Terminus are but the children and there's a much more ancient history that's in play here. So listen as Thalen resolves her encounter with the children of the valley and ponders her future as written by VR's very talented lead writer, J.N. Gerhardt, in this week's lore segment. The storm went with him as he departed. Tense, silent moments passed, the air frozen in place, save for a veil of mist. Then the ranks of children broke like wild animals toward her. Yet this was a fight Thalen Greyborn had expected. The months prior of smaller, stealthier incursions had permitted her to observe the children, their tendencies and patterns. Some she had even given names according to the types of aggression or weaponry. These she studied and committed to memory, training with elven counterparts to behave as children do, finding weaknesses and exploiting them with swiftness and cunning. She had treated her blades with alchemical compounds of precise composition, testing them firsthand as she could. The one she simply called Onus Kiss tore through the stormcloth with satisfying ease, like a flesh-eating poison might a common mortal. 
The hum of the blades as they swung through the air, then into the beast and then into air and back into beast, was a pleasing melody to her ear, like a bard enjoys the pick of the strings. She played her skill in the shadows, using the darkness against them in cruel poetry. Soon the dozens of children were but a few, and these retreated, though not out of fear, but as if called back from whence their leader had gone. Thalen was alone once more, the words of the host scorched into her mind like a branded heck. She checked her wounds as she traced her steps back to the cliff's rugged embrace. The spider grieves, and no one sees. Her ascent to the choice stone was deliberate, but still at great speed. The toll of this night was etched into her face, hands, and side. As she placed one hand above the other and began to climb, she heard those two voices once more. Can a rogue do both those things? They cannot. She tied the end of the cord to her waist and crawled back up the cliff face. Nothing remained of her presence. So mother spoke true? No. She spooled the cord around her abdomen and flew back up the upper half of the cliff. Left foot, step, right hand, swing. I don't understand, father. A rogue cannot do those things, Thalen, but you can, and you will. All right, so like I said earlier, for everyone who enjoyed that lore tale, the full version is going to be up on our YouTube channel on Wednesday, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern next week. And as well, if you're listening, remember, uh, on, if you're listening to this on Sunday at the premiere, tomorrow is the Naked Gnome Race and EverQuest. Looking forward to seeing everybody come out for that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the fun thing. I, all I have to do, I don't have to unru- I don't have to outrun really anybody, not even Drac. I just have to outrun the Griffin that's attacking Drac <laughs> and leaving his corpse on the plains of East Karana Desert. Are you going to be there to cheer me on, at least in the chat, or are you going to be cheering I'll, me I'll on? Be in, I'll be in the chat. Yeah, I'll I'll be in the chat watching all you gnomes be silly. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. So it's been a big week, Pantheon fans, and I hope our conversa- conversation today was both uh, enlightening and entertaining for everyone. And as always, I want to say thank you to everyone for hanging out with us this week. And until next time, we will see you then. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter, and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers, and thanks for listening.